Warning, the following podcast has been rated R for strong language, partial nudity, and mild drug use. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Gabby, Stamps.com, ZipRecruiter, and by the new website for people named Frank who are in possession of a peach, frankspeach.com. Totally different website than frankspeech.com, though. I sure hope there's no confusion, my pillow guy. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi, I'm Andy from Los Angeles, and I'm a three-time cancer survivor. I was healed miraculously by an ancient Jew, and his name was Peter Rosen, MD, who did assure me that we evolved from filthy, filthy, filthy monkey men. May 13th. And if you looked up during the Ascension, did you see Jesus's balls? That's an important question, actually. (laughs) I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Mediterranean Avenues, New Jersey, Cincinnati (laughs) Red State, and Redtown Blue State, this is The Scathing Atheist. Oh, this week's episode, Caitlyn Jenner's existence defeats the bigotry war games computer. (laughs) Joe Biden persecutes Christianity with a national day of prayer. And the GOP will look at the lighter side of human trafficking. But first, the diatribe. Well, here I am. I finally made it. Not to brag, because I know everybody hasn't been as lucky as I have, but I crossed the finish line this week. On Monday, two weeks out from the second shot of the Moderna vaccine, I am fully inoculated. After a long 14 months of isolation, I can finally go to social events, see other people, hug, be hugged, and dine out. And on behalf of all the people who find themselves in my situation, I want to say, God damn it. I mean, look, look, I'm glad I'm vaccinated, right? Like, I I have an old guy with all kind of feckless organs living with me, and it's nice to know I can go pick up a gallon of milk without putting his life at risk, but I hate social events. I don't care for other people. I'm not remotely a hugger, and the nicest restaurant in this shit town is a fucking Applebee's. Yes, I'm willing to do my part for the greater goal of national health, but it was hard to give up my ready-made excuse to beg out of all events to get there, right? Like, I, I hope other fuckers know what a sacrifice we introverts are making on this one. Of course, just because we can be roped into social events doesn't mean that we should be. If you live in a shitty Republican part of the country like me, or if you have, you know, I I don't know what the big deal is, family members like I do, the pandemic might still be a legitimate excuse to say no. Like, let me give you a real world example from this past weekend where I should have done that. So I get invited to this birthday party on Saturday, and I'm still a couple of days shy of the, like, fully vaccinated mark but but it's an outdoor affair it was a family member's first birthday since her husband died and i was assured that everybody who was invited was going to be vaccinated now this is one of those parties where it's a member of my wife's family so i'm already the superfluous spouse i'm there to make it look like there are more people to celebrate her birthday i'm there to hang out kind of near the snacks and 
talk to people about the most anodyne bullshit I can think of all night. And because I'm almost certainly going to be the only Biden voting atheist there who isn't married to me anyway, I'm supposed to avoid religion and politics at all costs. Anyway, so we pull up amid a fucking herd of SUVs and oversized pickups with Make America Great Again hats on the dashboard and Stop the Steal stickers on the bumper. And I start thinking to myself, I bet they were lying about everybody being vaccinated. So I grab a mask before I get out of the car. Uh, needless to say, Lucinda and I are the only ones wearing them. Anyway, I, I make a quick round to say hi to people, you know, the the ones that I actually want to see. That's my niece and her daughter. And, and then I find a lawn chair that nobody's using. I plant my ass and I reflect on how smartphones are an introvert's best friend. But of course, before long, somebody's pulling up a chair to chat with me. And it's one of those pretending to remember this guy conversations. He turned out to be like one of my sister-in-law's neighbors that I must have met at a cookout or something. And we talked about the NFL draft for a few minutes. But then after that, I was out of sports talk and I can no longer delay the inevitable. He brings up the fact that his wife and his daughter would have hadn't got vaccinated, but he's not too sure about the long term side effects of that thing. After all, who knows what the vaccine might do to you, you know, 10 years down the road. So I say, oh, I do none, nothing because it's a fucking vaccine and not a goddamn time capsule. You frothing at the mouth, idiot. What about the long term effects of covid-19? Jesus fucking Christ. We know those include lung damage, heart damage, liver damage, permanent loss of basic senses and something called brain fog, though I doubt you'd notice the last one. But somehow between my brain and my mouth that got whittled down to, huh? And then I find myself in this kind of fucked up situation vis-a-vis -vis social etiquette, right? Because my goddamn father-in-law is at this event. The person whose birthday it is just turned 71. There are kids there. And I'm not like, I'm not technically all the way vaccinated at that point myself. So I feel like I should just leave. I should just say, oh, I was told everybody here was going to be vaccinated and just pick up my shit and go. I, I shouldn't be concerned about whether that's going to hurt anybody's feelings. Somewhere along the line, somebody lied about the safety conditions at the event itself. And that's more than enough reason to just fuck off but and this will be the downfall of our goddamn species my desire not to be rude overruled my desire to keep myself and my loved ones safe so i fucking had to write off that option and the other option of course was to say all the stuff that my internal monologue was shouting at this asshole but surely that would come off as even more rude than just leaving the other option and the one that i ended up settling for was to you know fake a couple of phone calls keep myself way off in the distance in the back 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 part of the yard and then leave the absolute second it would be socially acceptable and it pissed me off right like i was pissed at myself for capitulating to social pressure that easily but more than that i was pissed because i went in there without a fucking plan right i should have predicted that something like that was going to happen especially in the trumpety ass area i live in and i should have decided in advance exactly what i was going to do and of course on the drive home i formulated the exact fucking plan i should have gone in there with and even though it's too late for me to use it in this instance something tells me the situation's going to come up again so and you might encounter it yourself so i'm going to offer it up in case it comes in handy for you the next time somebody tells you that they didn't get the shot they're worried about this they're not so sure about that whatever just say, scared of the needle. And then no matter what justification they offer, just very obviously don't believe them and go like, come on, man, you're scared of the needle. It's, it's fine. Just admit it. Because like, let's face it, if you meet a person 
offering up how unvaccinated they are unsolicited. Odds are overwhelming that A, it's a guy and B, it's a guy who buys all the way into the toxic masculinity bullshit about how they ain't supposed to be scared of nothing. And, and not only could this method be effective, let's face it, this is almost certainly true, right? That's why they're avoiding it. Nobody likes to get stuck with a fucking needle and they've got an excuse. In fact, you know what? I'm willing to offer this strategy up on the national level if the White House wants it. I feel like Joe Biden's don't be such a sissy campaign might have legs, right? Like Biden comes out, looks straight into the camera and says, what are you, yellow? You like some whining baby at the doctor's office scared of a fucking needle? Old ladies with diabetes do this shit to themselves, you chicken shit bastards. I feel like he does that the next day. Goddamn Tucker Carlson's taking a shot of Pfizer in his eyeballs at prime time with the no, you are scrolling to the graphic below him. Look, logic hasn't worked on these assholes. Expertise hasn't worked on them. Sympathy for their fellow human beings hasn't moved them a fucking inch. At a certain point, they've left us no choice but to kick them square in the manhood. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the snips and snails to my puppy dog tails, Heath Edwright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, you ready to find out what the fuck a snip is? Mm, the last time I said yes to that question, I deeply regretted it. No, <laughs> okay, I was heavy petting you. You were fine. I was heavy petting. Relax. All right, and speaking of crossing over multiple properties, it's time for a word from our first sponsor this week, Gabby. Car Home Insurance Company, the answer is no. Hi. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm calling about my insurance policy. So my bill seems super high. Also, what does it mean that you'll only cover boat headlights? Like, I can get boat headlights for my car? Or do I need to buy a boat? I don't understand what's happening. No. No. Okay, well, there's got to be a better way to do insurance than this. There is. Gabby. Oh, what's Gabby? They are the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and all in one place. Really? Really. Use your current insurance information to get started in just minutes. You'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you already have, and it's free to use. And is it really easy to use? Oh, it sure is. I just plugged in my info um, from my current insurance provider, and Gabby found uh, me over 200 bucks in savings. Noah, how, how are you on this call? Party line. Yeah. Party line. In fact, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. All right. I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Put your policy to the test like I did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash scathing. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash scathing. Gabby.com slash scathing. Great. Now about those headlights, do I buy them like on a boat? Ooh, warmer. I hate you. And now back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, in general election news. It's, it's funny oh, because the spelling. Yep. <laughs> if you're a patron, you get scripts and see how great I am. <laughs> As the recall election of California Governor Gavin Newsom draws closer, several prominent Republicans have stepped forward in hopes of grabbing the belt from atop the cage that is California politics. And driving her hatchback through the competition <laughs> is none other than former Olympian and proof that you can be both trans and the fucking worst, Caitlyn Jenner. Well, uh, Trump, 
only had one of the platonic virtues. So I guess it's right. It's reality television, running, throwing and jumping. Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> checks all the boxes. That's just math, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because if there's anyone that the bigot caucus can flock to. <laughs> well, spoilers, Noah. So there are a thousand downsides to Jenner's candidacy. She's woefully ignorant about politics. She repeats garbage anti-science opinions about trans women in sports while competing in women's sports yep. as a woman. But there is one upside, and that's California's Christian bigots trying to figure out how to support slash not support her because she has all their opinions, even though she's trans. Yeah, you can see the confusion in their stupid fucking faces. Just like <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner, Ben Carson, Richard Dawkins, Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think. Yeah, no, it's a good thing Christians and Trump supporters can't abide contradictions between their stated opinions and actions or she'd stand a real chance. <laughs> <laughs> so in a wonderful Roundup brought to us by One News Now titled, If Jenner is on the ballot, how do you vote? We heard from some of our favorite best worsts here on The Scathing Atheist, starting with none other than hate group leader Robert Jeffress, who said, quote, I can't tell people how to vote in a situation like that. I think we need to call the situation with Bruce Jenner what it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. Gender confusion is an emotional disorder. It needs to be treated compassionately but it needs to be treated, end quote. Uh, for, okay, all right. So cosmic justice, though. Caitlyn Jenner is going to split her own vote with assholes that support her but can't bear to acknowledge her real name. Yeah. Right? They're going to write in Bruce <laughs> Yep. Shit, do I still win? <laughs> Dr. Richard Land of Southern Evangelical Seminary was a bit more positive but still obviously torn, calling Jenner, quote, a strong law and order candidate and someone who, quote, favors capitalism over socialism. What? But added, so but does that overcome the fact that if we elect a transgender governor, that makes transgenderism more acceptable? And Wow. <laughs> Just capitalism or bigotry, the Sophie's choice of the GOP. That's got to be right. <laughs> Well, I just I I love that Republicans can no longer even state what they're for without just naming platitudes that every politician in both parties for the last hundred years has supported. Right. <laughs> Honest <laughs> truth. The American way. Yeah. <laughs> Captain America's shield. So, yeah, obviously a hard choice for Christians in California right now. Looks like Jeffress might explode like the bigoted version of the computer from war games. But on the bright side, polling shows they're probably going to lose no matter who they put up. So it's a lose-lose win-win for all of us. Right. Cool. So that blanks? Did we blank out? Yeah. Lose-lose win-win? Yeah. Great. And then blessed foot forward news tonight. When Catholic priests decide not to be bigots, that's international news. <laughs> right? Like, I'm going to do a story where I'm going to pat a few Catholic priests on the back for doing the right thing. But I want to stress at the outset that for a Catholic priest, doing the right thing means not being a Catholic priest about it. And this story is going to reinforce that because the extent to which they're doing the right thing is precisely commensurate with the extent to which they're not doing what the Catholic priests are supposed to do. So with that in mind, quick tip of the hat to a group of German priests who plan to begin blessing gay marriages on May 16th in direct defiance of the Vatican's dictates. A little bit late, but okay. Well, right, yeah, as, as unimpressive as I decided not to be an active bigot is, as near as I can tell, they refrained from raping any children while making that announcement as well. So, like, 
You know, the curves that we grade religious leaders on, they're fucking crushing it. Yeah, they're yeah. wrecking it for everyone else. <laughs> Good job. They also did not smuggle any war criminals to Argentina during the announcement right, from yeah. their <laughs> German Catholic priest area. It's another weird win condition, but I guess that's something, yeah, right? Yeah, it's something. You got to meet them where they are. Hey, German <laughs> dudes, if you like blessing gay marriages and not being a bigot, can I recommend atheism? It's uh, what you're doing now, but you don't have to do any paperwork. You don't have to wear silly outfits. Yeah, right. You can There's fuck. No yeah, you can just wear sweats and a t-shirt, man. <laughs> right. So yeah, th this story comes out of Berlin where Jesuit Reverend Jan Korditschke released a statement making it clear he and a number of other Catholic priests in Germany intended to start blessing gay unions on May 16th. He told the Associated Press, quote, I am convinced that homosexual orientation is not bad, nor is homosexual love a sin. I want to celebrate the love of homosexuals with these blessings because the love of homosexuals is something good, end quote. And again, I, I, I feel that like we need to stress how bare minimum this is because fucking course love is good right but I, I, I just like i don't believe you are inherently evil isn't exactly a compliment but it's still a step forward for catholicism and thus worthy of praise it's every old white dad being you know he does that thing at the restaurant where he's like being actively not racist with the waiter yeah. Who has to not be white. <laughs> yeah which again is a win condition for a catholic yep. priest right but in this case, there's an Italian guy in a gold dress yelling at him from another table for learning the waiter's yeah, name. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, not everybody is happy about this. Uh, the priests involved acknowledged that they could see some kind of sanction from the Vatican, but they were thoroughly unconcerned. I, I mean, they didn't come right out and say, yeah, but those motherfuckers cover for child rapists, but they kind of implied that. They really do. Yeah. When asked about Vatican repercussions, spokesperson for the Central Committee of German Catholics, Birgit Mock, said, quote, things cannot continue the way they did. This is what the crimes and cover-ups of sexual abuse showed us. We need systemic changes also regarding a reassessment of the ecclesiastical morality of sexuality, end quote. Translation, hey, guys, if our moral compass included raping children but not gay dudes, I think we might need a new compass. Right. <laughs> to be clear, he didn't mean raping gay dudes. It just was confusing the way the uh, phrasing. So at least 100 Catholic churches in Germany currently plan to participate in this bit of civil disobedience. And while the blessing won't have any official legitimacy within the church, that literally could not matter less if it fucking tried. And even if it did, it would still be imaginary to the second power. So, okay, now it's imaginary to the third power. So fucking what? On top of that, sanctioned by the Vatican, generally speaking, makes an action less moral. Yeah. Right? So, if anything, this kind of legitimizes it. Yeah, there are like holy wars on the list of sanctioned by the Vatican. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And in a broken lock is right twice a day news. Nice. I'm not even willing to grant that in this case. I see okay. what you're doing. That's yeah, good but it's a, good, it's, a, it's a good opening. Thank you. Thank you. I found myself agreeing with Christian hate preacher Greg Locke this week. And it wasn't just because we share similarly insane and diabetes-inducing Dunkin' Donuts orders. During a sermon where he railed against Joe Biden for undoing all the great plague progress his predecessor put in place, Locke had some unkind words for the Pope this week. And anybody who insults the Pope, however temporarily, is a friend of mine. Okay, Greg Locke should have to go fishing with you now. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the quote. I got three letters in the mail just the other day. Not a one of them had a return address. Not a one of them. And all three of them were castigating me because they said, 
We want you to know that Joe Biden is an honorable man. Joe Biden is a practicing Catholic. So is the Pope, but he's the biggest pedophile on the planet. Well, Say amen right there. You tell old what? John boy I said so. End quote. Yeah, hard to think of any prominent Baptist in the news at the moment for pedophilia-related shit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. nailing it. Nailing it. Yeah, lots to unpack in that sentence. So first of all, I did not know that pedophiles had a ranking system. Right. Uh, now I know that they do. Didn't you? Big ups to Pope Francis. I know Josh Duggar made a last-minute run at the title there, but you clinched it, Frankie. <laughs> okay, so you did know about the ranking system. Yeah. Yeah, Duggar might have better, like, personal numbers, but the Pope has a big downline in the MLM right. that they got going. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and he might have better personal numbers, too. It's hard to say. Like, He's an old dude. Know He's been around. If the Pope had better while. personal numbers, yeah. I don't think. Okay, but my real question is about that last bit at yes, the end. Thank you. Where he says, John Boy. That was very confusing. So I have two theories. Either Greg Locke forgot Joseph Biden's name possible very or, possible yes <laughs> as Hammett meta over at the friendly atheist blog postulated he thinks that the pope is still john paul ii yes i think that's right who died 15 years <laughs> almost ago. certainly that second yes. one yes yeah. or or he thinks the waltons was a documentary about <laughs> the origin story of pope francis from argentina or Maybe he wanted them to tell John Stamos. I'm just saying it's Greg Locke, right? Let's not pretend that there has to be some reason for his words to happen. Or <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Either way, it's nice to find some common ground with Greg after so much back and forth on this show. Big ups to him. And hey, the leader of his movement, Jerry Falwell Sr. <laughs> <laughs> and now that Eli has a new snuggle buddy, sorry, Greg, you brought this on yourself. We're going to pause for a quick word from our second sponsor this week, Stamps.com. Okay, and then you bring this to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars, okay? By Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. I always say that. <laughs> it is to a band. It's a band. Hey, Heath, what you fighting with that pony about? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Eli, I was fighting with a pony. So I'm just trying to send stuff to Slotnick, and it's really difficult. Through the Pony Express? Yeah. You know, some people like to do stuff the old-fashioned way, so that's what I'm doing. Like folks who still go to the post office when they could be using stamps.com instead. What's stamps.com? Great question. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop shipping out orders, or just navigating this hybrid work life, stamps.com can handle it all with ease. No wonder over 1 million businesses choose stamps.com for their mailing and shipping. Wow, that does sound easy. Simply use your computer to print out official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. Yeah, we actually use stamps.com to send out all our Patreon rewards, and it makes it super simple and easy to send them. Plus, we save a bunch of money. Wait, how does stamps.com save you money? Well, with Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off postage rates and up to 66% off UPS rates. Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. All right, I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with our promo code SCATHING, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in scathing. That's stamps.com, promo code scathing. Stamps.com, 
never go to the post office again. All right. Well, it looks like I won't be needing your help after all. Now, uh, Heath, you know the Pony Express had a guy on the pony, right? Oh, now you're going to tell me that? Now you're going to tell me that. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a human being. <laughs> What'd you say? You heard him. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Next up in headlines, it was the National Day of Prayer last week. And Joe Biden, Anna? What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. That's right. Christians are freaking out because Joe Biden combined church and state, but he didn't smush them together hard enough yep. for them. <laughs> yep. Biden issued an official proclamation recognizing the National Day of Prayer, but he didn't literally include the word God because he's an evil atheist, devout Catholic. So freak out. OAN might as well start running 90-minute segments on whether or not Biden puts the emphasis on both syllables of Jesus too equally <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. So here's a few of the key moments from the proclamation. Biden started by saying, throughout our history, Americans of many religions, and right there, see, I'm going to stop right there. That's persecution number one. Yep, he said absolutely, many yeah. religions. How dare he? he? He continued, Americans of many religions and belief systems have turned to prayer for strength, hope, and guidance. Prayer has nourished countless souls and powered moral movements, mm -hmm. including Ooh. essential fights against racial injustice, child labor, and infringement on the rights of disabled Americans. Child labor? Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, obviously, all that was a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. No mention of all the amazing praying for... White power and child slaves and better parking spots for the able yeah, slap right. in the face to Christianity. Bigotry right there. And it got even worse when he quoted the notoriously godless John Lewis, who said, <laughs> human beings are the most dynamic link to the divine on this planet. So, again, atheism. That was uh, an atheism <laughs> moment about the divine. Okay. I've been thinking about it. Technically, I am going to give him one. So prayer technically has nourished countless souls because if souls don't exist, they wouldn't require nourishment if they did. And zero is also technically countless, right? That would be Ooh. another way of interpreting that word. <laughs> okay. Let me give him one. It is nice of prayer to fight all the stuff funded or downright caused by the stuff religion does. Yeah. That's nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So just about... Everyone with a tab on Right Wing Watch had a meltdown. And of course, that includes Franklin Graham, who put a big post on Facebook, and you can hear the panic in the text. Oh, it's yeah, great. You, you taste it. it. It was like listening to someone explain the argument that they won lost at work that you aggressively don't care about, <laughs> but they're going to explain it to you. Right. Graham obviously complained about the word God not appearing, but the rest is just ranting about just... Biden, by law, by law, has to proclaim something nice about us. That's a law since 1952. Legal law. He freaks out. And that's actually a reference to my favorite part of Biden's proclamation. Biden said, the Congress, by public law 100-307, as amended, says, I have to proclaim this thing every year. Okay. <laughs> there. I did it. 
Which so yeah, it's true. There is some kind of law in there that says something so like that. Fucking dumb. Graham freaked out about it though. But but isn't it amazing though to watch them call themselves on their own bullshit here, right? Because like for decades they have justified this obvious First Amendment violation by saying it doesn't encourage Christian prayer, just prayer in general, and all kinds of people pray. And then somebody legitimately does that. And they lose their fucking shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's like driving your racist mom to a black neighborhood and then just watching her panic and try and describe her surroundings. <laughs> Rolling up the windows. <laughs> Sketchy. Uh, low hey, income. Urban. Yep, just don't describe it. We'll just not describe <laughs> the neighborhood. Great. And just for the record, I did a quick word search on Biden's proclamation. The word pray or prayer appears literally a dozen times out of 474 total words. Faith appears four times. Blessing appears twice. And it also includes souls, religious liberty, religious vitality, spiritual guidance, and the divine. Oh, and literally our Lord is in the proclamation. Really? Yeah. But that was at the end when Biden said the year of our Lord. So, oh, <laughs> so it doesn't yeah, count yeah. Which, to be fair, it doesn't. Biden definitely snuck it in there to be a dick, and I love that. <laughs> God's a bridezilla. It's my day! My it's, day! <laughs> it's so fucked up. To, like, just keep that in mind. They're pissed off because he gets left out of the proclamation about him. He's in the fucking year! Yeah. <laughs> and in Tongue in the Restless news tonight, a doctor somewhere in the world felt the need to say, quote, there is no concrete scientific evidence that cow dung or urine works to boost immunity against COVID-19, end quote. <laughs> and he wasn't alone. Good to know. Whole fucking medical associations have had to echo precisely that sentiment because, as we've discussed before on this show, superstitious people in rural India are pretty sure that everything that falls out of a cow is magical. And now many of them are smearing themselves from head to toe with cow dung in hopes of warding off COVID-19. Yikes. Okay. First of all, horrible situation. Not funny. But okay. It's the job. Just a small thing. I feel like you rub extra on your shins and calves and other spots. Like avoid the face. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird giving notes about that, but I feel like you can avoid the face. Yeah. If I'm smearing shit, I, I'm doing a lot of other stuff besides the, that's the last thing I do. Yeah. Also, no offense to the medical practitioners who are obviously, you know, they're trying their best, but I feel like if someone's rubbing cow shit on their face, they're not listening to doctors, well, right? Yeah. No one's no yeah. one's like, okay, let's see what Doctor Abud has to say. One second, smoosh, smoosh. That what you can do, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I want to inject a bit of sympathy in this story. Like normally, a story about religious people ceremonially covering themselves in excrement is uh, like a party hats and noisemakers kind of moment here at the Scathing Atheist. But Absolutely. at this particular moment, given the out of control death tsunami that COVID is causing in India right now. I, like, I see how you get to, okay, but what if the cow shit people were right all along, right? That's terrifying. The numbers and the news footage out of that country is scary as hell. That being said, the problem isn't getting better now that people are drinking cow shit potions and applying it topically, mm -mm. right? And this is a practice that is apparently so common that no lesser than the Indian Medical Association felt the need to issue warnings of the health risks of smearing disease all over oneself. <sighs> Okay, so again, I feel genuinely bad for these people. They're victims of religion, and it's fucking tragic. But if there's a silver lining, again, this is the job. I'm trying to find something here. 
Indian Gary Larson is having a great moment for the Indian far side. Right. Yes. right? Some really good comics coming out with that. Also, a million people in this country just died because Uncle Frank doesn't think masks work. I'm not having a hard time picturing him drinking cow shit. Right. Well, yeah, no, look, in defense of Indian superstition, I should point out that smearing oneself with cow shit not only, you know, aids in social distancing, but it also, it's a hell of a lot healthier than internal bleach protocols, as suggested by <laughs> our former president. And, and at least the people doing this shit have the excuse of generations of misguided tradition and, you know, not having a team of the world's leading experts advising them on the best courses of treatment. So, yeah, we're in no place to look down on it, I guess. Indian Tucker Carlson is just covered in cow shit on the news. <laughs> Why isn't Fauci telling us the truth about cow shit? Oh, got in my mouth. Oh, oh, it got in my mouth. A big drip. Ugh. Give me a second. I'm Tucker Carlson. And finally tonight, the state of Louisiana is dealing with an interesting issue in its public school system. What's that, Heath? Uh, apparently, the kids are learning too much. I figured. <laughs> Their knowledge is too big. They've had complaints about how big that knowledge is. <laughs> Girthy. But don't worry. Evangelical Christians are working hard to solve the problem. And that's why GOP State Representative Ray Garofalo proposed a new bill that would ban the teaching of lessons about racism or sexism, both banned in the new bill. Wow. What, so what's the history of Louisiana curriculum? Like, <laughs> and then our state was created fully formed in 2005, <laughs> I, 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 2006. <laughs> and then it disappeared into the void. Yeah. And we, will, <laughs> we will let you know when it emerges from slumber. <laughs> yep. And believe it or not, I did not get to the dumbest part yet. And I'll probably have to say that again before the story's over. So Garofalo introduced HB 564 to ban learning about racism and sexism. And even his fellow Republicans had to object to that and distance themselves a little bit. Not about willful ignorance regarding two of the worst societal problems, of course. They objected to the stifling of free speech. That was the Republican problem with his bill. But Garofalo explained... No, I totally want kids to learn about slavery. I want them to learn exact words. The good, the bad, and the ugly about well, slavery. Well, oh, pretty sure they were teaching the bad and the ugly, my dude. Yeah, I've already had <laughs> yep. that. So Sure did. What are we adding then? <laughs> Great question. So luckily for humanity, at least one other person heard it who was at that meeting. State Rep Stephanie Hilferty jumped in and said, sorry, um, the good in slavery? Was <laughs> yeah. that your last sentence? Did you say that? So Garofalo was like, oh, okay, and he backpedaled and he explained he was just using a figure of speech, which is, okay, it's probably true. He's just an idiot. Well, if only he'd have more lessons on racism. <laughs> or figures of speech. <laughs> yeah. But this led to some stories in the news about his giant gaffe. He did say out loud, the good in slavery. And Hilferty went on CNN to complain about the clickbaity headlines. So, fine. She's a Republican, too. She didn't like the clickbait thing. But like I said before, I still haven't reached the dumbest part of the story. So, in response to Hilferty's appearance, the president of the Women's Republican Club of New Orleans, Martha Huckabay, made the following post. Quote, What is Stephanie Hilferty doing here? Why is she trying to trap a Republican and twist his words? 
How does she 100% know there is no good in slavery if none of us were around during slavery? What? (laughs) Weren't some slaves treated really well? They were slaves. I know in the Bible they were. End real exact quote. From a Republican okay. leader. All right. So by, by that same, if we weren't there to see it, it could be anything logic. How do we know that Martha Huckabee wasn't created when a sad wizard fucked a weak old jack-o'-lantern? <laughs> I have photographic evidence of mine. We do okay. not know that. But based on her opinion's name and appearance, <laughs> she's like someone bought Sarah Huckabee Sanders on Wish. So maybe mm, yeah. she's like the Wish version. <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders? By the way, I still have not reached the dumbest part. <laughs> still? Here it is. Yes. It's going to get dumber. Martha Huckabee made a follow-up post about the underrated slave experience that she knows about from the Bible. Okay. Quote, if you've read your Bible, you would know that many of the slaves loved their masters sick. And their masters loved them sick. Did an incredible railroad system created under horrible slavery conditions and hardworking ethics develop Sick? What? Did generations of beautiful life come from those who were sold into slavery from Africa and sold by Africans make America the beautiful divers culture it is today? Sick. (laughs) And, oh my God, just for the record, there was a heart eyes emoji there after the word beautiful. Jesus Christ. Continuing. Was it true that some slaves never wanted to leave their plantation because it had become their home. Were some slaves treated with love and respect? If so, is this the good part he was referring to? Sick, 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 end quote. <laughs> so, oh, God, I want Martha to defend all my political enemies from now on. Right? <laughs> two fucking <laughs> God damn it. Louisiana gets two senators. Two. <sighs> okay, there was the dumbest part. everybody. All right. Well, we've reached that intellectual nadir that tells me the headlines are done for the night. So, Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji. And when we come back, we're going to really earn that explicit tag. Ooh, how about Dr. Doom? I mean, angry, but like, where's the charm? What? He runs a whole country. Hey, fellas, what you doing? Oh, hey, Noah, we were just finding your replacement. My replacement? Yeah, you know, with you having extensive surgeries the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and in um, the coming weeks. And in the coming weeks. So we just need to be prepared for the worst. That's all. Well, thank you for your confidence in my well-being. You're welcome. Got it. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, we are all set. What's ZipRecruiter? It's the smartest way to hire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent to over 100 top job sites with just one click. Then, ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Wow, that does sound good. It is. So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. Once again, remember to go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com slash S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So, uh, any good candidates? Uh, I mean, the Green Goblin throws pumpkins. 
I can throw pumpkins. The word insult comes from the Latin insultere, which means to leap on. So if you think about it, the victims of this week's Vulgarity for Charity roasts could have had it a hell of a lot worse if we were being literal. And with that in mind, we're going to start off with this one for Eli. Sarah would like a roast of Governor Kevin Stitt. (laughs) Kevin Stitt looks like he's hosting the finale of an action movie about caterpillars on his forehead. Like, like both caterpillars are John Woo diving at each other, two guns in each hand, and then he had his picture taken. Yep. That's that's Kevin Stead. All right, well done. And, and he, Eric would like you to roast their ex, James, and make it a good one because apropos of nothing, Eric was our 666th donor. Ooh. Okay, cool. And uh, according to Eric, James is a six foot six, body obsessed, Trump-supporting, white supremacist, Blue Lives Matter, Aryan alcoholic. So, kind of did my job for me there. (laughs) I'll just add that James is pretty much exactly me if my college experience wasn't four years of smart people beating the bad ideas out of me. And assuming Body Obsessed is about how many pizzas you can eat competitively. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Point, Point being, cishet white guys who don't get beat up for four years minimum are the worst. Also, he's six foot six. That's gross. That's too tall. Right? (laughs) Disgusting. Have a personality. Don't just be the tall guy. Exactly. All right, Noah. I've got one for you here. Beth would like you to roast the developers of the Hard Rock Hotel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some of you may have forgotten this one because so much big news got subsumed by other big news in 2019. But the Hard Rock Hotel was an aspirational building in New Orleans that partially collapsed in October of 2019, right after workers started posting the like this flimsy motherfucker's going to partially collapse videos on YouTube. So apparently the folks at Hard Rock make hotels the same way they make their sandwiches, overpriced, undermade and held together with fucking toothpicks. <laughs> All right. So, Heath, I got one for you. Dell would like a roast of the Cognitive Dissonance podcast because they're not as good as secular soup. <laughs> Hi, Dell. Dell's the best. OK, so I hate to reject the premise of a roast, but Cognis is fantastic. I mean, just listen to all the laughing and you'll know it's the best podcast out there. Just measure. That's right. It. Yeah, exactly. That being said, Dell mentioned that Secular Soup has dick bowls. Mm. I have no idea what that means, but my curiosity is piqued. And apparently Eli does know what that means. Eli, do you want to explain about the dick bowls? I already asked you if you wanted a dick bowl. Don't act like you want one now while we're on the air. I sent you a dozen emails. Okay. We are now both banned from that Benihana. I, I'm not having... <laughs> I think they're talking about something else. Oh, never mind. Retracted. Retracted. <laughs> All right. No, I've got one for you. Another one from Beth, actually. She would like a roast of ice agents who are assholes. So ice agents. Ice agents. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Right. So, yeah. At, at first, I was hoping that I was going to finally get to take those jackasses at the Institute for Culinary Education down a peg. But no. No, it was the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, which the the government organization that's so dumb, it was literally thwarted by sign-up sheets at Mexican groceries. <laughs> and, and I know there are people out there who argue that, you know, somebody has to do this job, but no the fuck they don't. No. This group was created in 2002 under the Homeland Security Act. Remember that reactionary bullshit legislation that gave us liquid bans on airlines and color-coded terrorism threat scales? What are the odds that they got one thing right and it happened to be the most Gestapo-like thing that came out of that legislation? Mm. I'm guessing low. 
Yeah. Yeah, the orange level, not likely. <laughs> no. All right, so Eli, Justin donated a few dollars to have you roast him. All right. Well, Justin looks like the kind of guy who would try to fish off the side of the Long Island Ferry, my friends. He looks like he's just been banned from several day camps for cruising for chicks. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> All right. So, Eli, here's a weird one. Nat would like you to roast the Copen Wasp Lab. Okay. So this is a science machine that apparently doesn't science very good. And literally, Nat's entire lab got together to donate to roast this thing. <laughs> I tried to find out what the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> failed. But luckily for us, it is the ugliest non-computer looking computer I've ever seen. It looks like the Ukrainian live action remake of Wally. -E. It looks like the video game console not even Noah could love. <laughs> All right, so Heath, I've got a challenge for you. This may be the one that breaks you. Gene would like a roast of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, so Gene sent an email that mentioned how I obviously have a giant crush on Justin Trudeau. And then he was like, yeah, so... You're going to square that up with the blackface thing. And Gene, I see what you're doing. You're trying to trap me like Eli does sometimes. Tries to get me to say a thing. You're trying to you're trying to get me to say I have a crush on a man who wore blackface. And that's no. OK, well, now I realize I've said that now and it's going to go into Morgan's out of context quote file. OK, yep. start over. Start over. <laughs> cut that, Morgan. Cut that. Justin Trudeau. He's like Canadian Rob Lowe. You know what I mean? Like everything he did in the 80s and 90s, extremely problematic. But then he did a little bit of good stuff more recently, and now he's a model for Jawline Shampoo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But we didn't forget about the horrible stuff. Well, you're no. still very problematic <laughs> with the 80s, 90s stuff. We don't forget. All right. Awesome. Well done. And that's the sound that means it's time for another spightening round. The category is retro roasting. So for the following roast, I'd like you to deliver them in the style of the decade of my choice. So, Eli, you're up first. Sean would like a roast for Wes, who is a lawyer in your neck of the woods. And I'd like you to do it as though from the 1920s. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, honky malunky. Wes sure is a fantastic fella. I mean, look at that cigar. Look at that big old glass in the wash tub. A man's man, if ever there was one. <laughs> and sure, the dames might be as interested in him as they are in a penny stock. But heck, if that'll keep him off the slip and slaw, you look like FDR's <laughs> legs work. By which I mean great. <laughs> what? 1920s. I think his legs work great. Slip and slaw. I don't know what that means, but I enjoyed hearing it. You can make up your own 1920s yeah, like noises yeah, if you say right. it like yeah, that, exactly. and it's a thing, probably. All right, Heath, let's dive into your specialty. Rosalie Wano saw a roast of Jeremy, and I'd like to roast from the 1990s. Oh, okay. Well, most of the roasting from the 1990s is homophobic slurs, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Just like the ones Jeremy is probably using right now in the 2020s. <laughs> He does look like an employee at Staples trying to hit on your mom by leveraging a secret stash of trapper keepers that he keeps in the back. <laughs> he does look like that. Yeah. That's what he definitely, definitely <laughs> looks like. That happened to me. I'm pretty sure with that guy when I was like 11. <laughs> and Noah, while we're talking about our golden teen years, take us back to the 1960s with a roast of Kenny Loggins for Renee. Kenny Loggins, you, you mean the guy from that MLM that had to pay $40 million in restitution at the order of the FTC? <laughs> That's the one. 
or, or, or the guy who co-authored a book with his wife about how much better their marriage was than everybody else's a couple of years before she filed for divorce. Did, wow. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. Did you, did you know that guy also did music? Did music. <laughs> okay. That's excellent, Noel, but you were supposed to do it in the style of the 60s. So, Well, no, yeah, I'm high. You know what? That counts. Oh, that yeah, counts. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Heath, I, I have another challenge for you. Wendy's three cats named Alvin, Ashton, and Jiggy would like you to roast the unnamed dog that came into their house without any feline authorization whatsoever. <laughs> and we're going to have you do a, that roast as if from the 1590s. Okay. Um. All right. Blood and destruction shall be so in use and <laughs> dreadful objects so familiar <laughs> that dog mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the claws of war. With Kate by his side, come hot from hell, shall in these confines with a monarch's voice cry havoc and let slip the cats of war. <laughs> <laughs> Underappreciated. Julius Caesar. 1590. 1599. Thank you. All right, Noah, another one for you here. Henry would like a roast of Anne Widdicombe, but to make it a bit of a challenge, I'd like you to do it in the style of the 1950s. Oh, good call. Because, yeah, that would be the last time her opinions would have been socially acceptable. So, hey, Anne, <laughs> thanks for the big tickle I got when you bird-dogged your way out of a job by supporting Brexit despite being an MEP. <laughs> but your ideas are bitching. And I, I mean that in the modern day sense of the term, not the 50s version, because all your ideas are just homophobic and anti-Semitic. You're just bitching as all. But I'm sure you're okay getting the boot, given your antiquated ideas about the world. You probably think Dame should be back at the pad looking after the curtain climbers anyway. And Eli. Why don't you finish off this spiting round with a roast of Matthew's acrobatic partner, Bethany, but in the style of the 1980s. Ooh, all right. Well, Beth is an awesome person who does stuff like travel to other countries and help poor communities. So I think on behalf of the 80s, nerd, nerd. Oh, you like helping? <laughs> oh, I like to help people. Gay. That's so gay. It's gay okay. how gay you uh, are when Eli, you help me. Eli, yeah. you might yes. just... Fair? Fair. All right, let, let me try this as an 80s movie trailer. Morgan? This summer, when the world is in danger. Oh, no. Climate changes everywhere. There's a plague. One teen will use Snapchat filters on her rat dog named Tim Tam and change everything. The sky is finally clear. I can breathe again. Because if not sticking your holds was a superpower, Beth is goddamn Superman. This summer, Beth. Is your dog okay? He looks that way on purpose. Oh, okay. All right. Well done, I I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we've got for the spiting round. Next up, David would like a roast of his Facebook friend, Sean. Eli, have at it. Yikes. Okay, Sean is a great example of why Facebook needs a frenemy designation, right? This dude recommends Ben Shapiro when people talk Ugh. about trans rights. Oh, God. And the pictures David sent are Sean in both blue and blackface. So, what? you know, hold on, because any second Heath is going to want to fuck him. But <laughs> okay, uh, until not, then, Sean, no, until Heath context. wants to fuck you, you look like a KKK-themed Chia pet. You look like the behind the music about the stuntmen for Crab and Goyle in the Harry Potter parody porn. <laughs> and Heath, Ashley would like a roast of her cat, Quiver. Okay. So, according to Ashley, Quiver has a neurological condition called cerebellar hypoplasia, 
which makes the cat fantastically uncoordinated. I looked it up. It's also called Wobbly Cat Syndrome. And Ashley named her wobbly cat Quiver. Oh, wow. So I'm confident that Ashley has a sense of humor about this and would definitely agree that a fantastically uncoordinated cat is objectively the funniest neurological condition for any pet. Like yeah, just for true. entertainment of all of purposes. Because cats are always doing ridiculous ninja stuff all over the house. But Quiver is just face planting every time, <laughs> eating shit, trying to do that stuff. It's like if me and Eli were genetically programmed to believe we were amazing at parkour and <laughs> trying to do it all the time. And we lived at your house as yeah, your right. pets. Yeah. So Noah's existence, basically. It's yeah. Noah's existence. <laughs> and Noah, you're up next. Daniel wants a roast of Deacon Gary Brinksworth of St. Stephen's Catholic Church. And it uh, turns out that's a bigot. Huh. No, turns no out he's a bigot. way. Yep. Yeah. No, I got the asshole who treats his lesbian daughter so poorly she no longer comes home for the holidays. The piece of shit who literally skipped a friend's funeral for fear that he'd come into contact with her. And it really makes you wonder what the motivation is, right? Because like, it's not the same sex thing. Because let's face it, like a dyed-in-the-wool misogynist like Gary would be pissed about anybody fucking his daughter, right? Regardless of gender. But so, like I said, it's not about sexuality. It's about control. Right. He can't make her be the thing he thinks she should be. And he needs to control others to validate himself. He doesn't have intrinsic value. And deep down, he knows that. So he tries to siphon away the value of the people around him by trying to act as their puppeteer. She is a symbol not only of his failure, but of the fact that he is failure. Oh, well done. <laughs> Sorry. He said he wanted either Tom or Noah. So I figured I would meet him halfway. Oh, well, oh, no. oh, there you go. There yeah, you that go. was a real Tom and all right, you're up next. A Whalen would like you to roast Mormon Ben. All right, so Ben is a low-key racist sexist who's dating an 18-year-old, or he was. You know, she's 20 now, so he probably lost interest. But oh, you Jesus. know what, Ben? Honestly, get used to it. I mean, you're the kind of person who's going to keep moving from relationship to relationship to religion to activity over and over again, just ever seeking the thing that will make you whole. I mean, that's why you're a bigot, right, Ben? Because... Can't possibly be your fault. You're just, it's just hard out there for a straight white guy. But, but then the not so secret that that suspicion you've always had in the back of your mind that the reason your life sucks is that you suck is true. Everyone has imposter syndrome, Ben, but some of us deserve it. <laughs> was that also a Tom slash Eli? Nope, request? that was just me. It was just okay. me reading the email about Ben. I don't like him. And he, <laughs> funny feeling you might have an opinion about this person already daniel would like a roast of economist f.a hayek oh my god fuck your face everybody <laughs> who ever talks about f.a hayek and says it's a real opinion that's worth it oh my mm, i dealt with this so much so f.a hayek is uh, a thinking man's ronald reagan basically <laughs> he's nobody he's nobody is what i mean by that every f.a hayek book it's on a shelf next to a cum stained copy of atlas shrugged and Probably a little bit of Rufinol next to that. <laughs> He's the Milton Friedman of Ayn Rand. And that, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't make any sense chronologically. It's backward. It's actually backward, just like his entire economic theory. He's economics if you hold the textbook the wrong way. And that got him a literal Nobel Prize in 1974. Wow. Uh, just keep in mind that Henry Kissinger won a Nobel in 1973 yeah. and Milton Friedman in 1976. So they weren't really focused up on the details at that point of who should win Nobels. 
All right, Noah, you're next. Emily and Franklin want you to roast TV media pundits. Oh, yeah, the astrologers of cable news. <laughs> right, like the people whose literal job it is to have a staunch opinion on not just a breaking story, but all breaking stories. People whose merit is based not on the accuracy of their predictions, but rather the certainty with which they are uttered. You know, I'd be tempted to say media pundits have never accomplished a damn thing, but they did manage to get Trump elected in 2016. So I guess that's off the table from now on. Yep. All right. So that brings us to the final round. Heath, back to you. Christopher says, if you're up for a challenge, insult people who insult Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those people are the worst. But seriously, making fun of Nickelback is lazy. And they can't hear you over the sound of $180 million in net worth. Oh, they really can't. And also the sound of the, the one, four, and five of a C major scale. That's <laughs> also something they can't over hear you over. And, over. and that's all they can't hear you over. And Noah, one more for you here. Jamie wants a roast of the Salvation Army. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, if it weren't for the Salvation Army, I, I would think it was impossible to take money dishonestly in comparison to the way most churches do it. I mean, look, being a church is bad enough when you don't fucking lie about it. You pretend to be a charity, but you're no more a charity than you are a branch of the goddamn military. So I don't <laughs> care how narrow you make the slot on those buckets. I'm still going to piss in them, assholes. And if you think me sticking urine in your fucking subversive collection plate is bad, wait till you find out where I want to stick that fucking bell. All right, Eli, uh, you're going to close this out here. John would like a roast of Steve, who is openly a brony and a furry. <laughs> Okay, so the photo they sent, Steve is in the middle of losing his job at Toys R Us for coming on the Shutterfly doll. Like in the middle, he's being caught in picto a spiritum, and someone's going to explain that he has to pay for those. That is what we're watching. But here's what haunts me about this roast, okay? Steve is a bisexual, furry, brony, but John says, and I quote, he's definitely not that guy in our group. You know, the one who won't shut up about his fandoms or fetishes or whatever. He's the sane one, end quote. What? Interesting. John, Steve, who the fuck is in your group, boys? <laughs> I want to talk to the interesting one. Right? Yeah, and are you taking applications? Yeah. I, I have board games and a podcast. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, everyone needs a 12. I'm tall. I don't know what else. <laughs> all right. Well, that itches us ever closer to clearing out all the roasts from... 2019. Got a few more sessions to go, so if you haven't heard yours yet, fear not. We're getting there eventually, we promise. Someday. It was like 2000. It was so good. It's for charity. It's, it's good, good charity. It's good news. Things. So many more than we expected. Before we fade into the archives tonight, I want to thank all the people that have reached out and offered well wishes while I'm going through all the dental work. Very much appreciated, even when I'm physically incapable of saying you're welcome. Anyway, that's all the blast we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be a lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend, Godful Moves, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even new episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I need to thank Heath Enright for being the atlas that holds this shit up. I need to thank Eli Bosnick for forcing me to up my diatribe game. I need to thank the lovely and talented Lucent Delusions, who should be back next week. And I want to thank Andy from Los Angeles for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and a thanks for Dr. Rosen for providing this week's Andy from Los Angeles while we're at it. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's and last week's best people. 
Mark, Lisa, Matthew, Carol, Texas, Nick, regular Nick, Jason, don't take medical advice from a Joe Rogan experience, Abigail, Evan, Michelle, Matthew, Elijah, Comrade, Bunny, Maple Leafs, Legend, Joe Thornton, Tom, Joanna, Key, Jimmy, Seabag, Neil, Vicker, Keith, Samantha, Jesse, and Lena, who have so much gravitas they can talk a faucet out of dripping. Together, these 25 plenty fine patrons kept the lights on that much longer this week and last week by giving us money. Not everybody is stimulated enough to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you spend all your disposable income getting gouged on the tank of gas, you can also help a ton by telling a friend about the show, liking us on Facebook, and following at PIATpod on Twitter. The legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, Tim Robertson handles on social media and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scalingadius.com. You could get mangoes and eat pieces of mango in a reasonable amount. That's good. I like that. Mangoes. What am I, a fucking concubine? (laughs) (laughs) The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.